I'm Jody Nisnik, and you're listening to So Much More. In John 16, 12, Jesus stated, there is so much more I want to tell you. He then pointed to the spirit as the one who would come, who would further his teaching by bringing his word to life for us. So much more creates space for God to reveal his truth through his word. Today, I am excited to have Liz Sarno with me as we have a conversation around Matthew 15, where the Lord led her and what he is teaching her. Liz and her husband, Chris, serve as the founding senior pastors of Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. Liz also serves as the ministry administrator overseeing the operations for Relevant Church, and she serves on the equip team at Leading and Loving It, where she writes resources and devotions. Liz is also a speaker, a worship leader, and an author, and she loves using her voice to encourage others to fulfill their destiny and reach their full potential in God. Well, welcome, Liz. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and spend this time with you. Thanks for having me. Well, tell me, Liz, what are we missing about who you are? Give us a few more details so that we can know a little bit more about you. Yes, absolutely. So as you said, um, my my husband, Chris, and I, we pastor that church, of course, and we have three wonderful children, um, Lauren, Luca, and Gianna. My husband is Italian, if you cannot um, tell by their names. Um, he's 100% Italian. I tainted the family bloodline. <laughs> so, um, hopefully I said, I have a smidge of Italian in me. So um, we have our three great kids. My older daughter's 26, and then I have a 16 and 15, respectively, for the others. Um, we are just, we, our lives are very busy. My husband and I was a single mom. And uh, my husband and I got married when my daughter was eight. We founded our church three weeks before our wedding. And so, you know, I always tell people in premarital, maybe don't start a church, get married, you know, six months later, have a baby, have another baby six months after that one. And, you know, it's a little trying for your marriage. So we've had a lot of challenges, but you know what? It's awesome because um, I always tell people I'd rather be with someone who's been through some things and is working it out. So Yes. Wow. What a story. Well, hopefully we'll even get to talk a little bit more about that as we go on. Um, Thank you for sharing all of that with us. And um, offline, Liz and I were just talking about her oldest daughter and my oldest daughter are engaged. So we were talking about all the fun and how expensive it is to have weddings. (laughs) So, but it is such a delight. So Well, hey, we are in Matthew 15 and it's verses 29 through 38. We did this meditation experience as an imaginative prayer, asking the Lord to really help us use our sanctified imagination to enter in to this passage so that we could see it and feel it and interact with it in a different way. And so um, I want to give us a little context. This is the feeding of the 4,000. And just one chapter earlier in Matthew, uh, Jesus uh, performed a very similar miracle, which was the feeding of the 5,000, two separate miracles. uh, So don't get confused by that, but very similar in kind of the form that they take with a small lunch that Jesus multiplies to feed 
a multitude of people. So that's a little bit of the context going into this passage. Let me read it for us as a reminder. So again, this is Matthew 15 verses 29 through 38. Jesus left there and went along the sea of Galilee. Then he went up to a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, Where could we get enough bread on this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish. And when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples and they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 men besides women, and children. Okay, so there's just so many great details in that passage. And again, we did that as imaginative prayers. So Liz, um, kind of when you did this first, well, really the second reading and really asked the Lord to just help you let the scene unfold in front of you, what are some of the details that the Lord helped you paint in this, in this scene? Well, you know, the first thing I thought of was, you know, um, I could see that in my mind, you know, I have a very vivid imagination and I could just see this mountainside that was green and lush. And, you know, I thought back to, you know, maybe that's not how the mountainside looked, but that's how it looked in my mind. And just, you know, but that Jesus is sitting there with people as far as the eye can see, just Mm -hmm. a crowd of people who are there just, you know, as he's healing it. And it was interesting to me that, um, you know, Jesus maybe was a little tired because he typically went to the mountain to rest. So I thought maybe he might in his weariness, I could see him just looking at those people and loving him and, and, and just, you know, I, I could hear a bird calling and feel the breeze and, you know, cause you know, it was just cool to imagine as I read it. Yeah. I love, I love that you let yourself fully go there. And, you know, and I think part of the imagination experience is not getting so hung up um, on it being perfect, right? But letting it be what it's going to be in our imagination. Of course, we want to be tender to the culture, cultural context of things, and we don't want to rip things out of context. But I think in this type of a, um, an exercise, letting God paint the picture, hearing Mm -hmm. the, the, the bird, feeling the breeze, letting the hills be green and rolling. Like, I think I love all of that, that you were able to go that. I love that you are creative and how you let that come to life. So um, we go into this next reading of the passage, and I invited you then to see if you could be one of the people there. And so where did the Lord lead you in that? 
Well, immediately, um, you know, I looked at that and, you know, in, in reading through like, hmm, who do I want to be? It's not who I want to be. It's really who I am. You know, I'm a pastor. And I immediately went to the disciples who carried that similar role of caring for people. And I immediately, you know, first I was thinking of, you know, okay, I, I resonate most with them, you know, because as a pastor, I have a lot of people that I'm responsible for and things like that. And then I thought, okay, well, also as a mother, as a wife, as a daughter, you know, I can still carry that responsibility too. Um, but I thought about the disciples and what they must have been feeling and thinking. And my first thought was they were probably a little bit annoyed that they had gone away to rest. They had gone to take a break. They had gone to the mountain because Jesus had left one place with them and gone to another to go up to the mountainside. And I thought they might've been a little bit annoyed that all of these people are now coming Mm -hmm. and not just a few people, but thousands of people, because it says in the passage, there are 4,000 men. So not counting women and children. So you're thinking this is like probably 10,000 people that they probably felt a little bit annoyed because I thought I might be a little bit annoyed that I was trying to take a break, you know, right. Um, But that then, then probably they looked at Jesus who just tenderly with compassion kept meeting the needs of these people, healing the lame, healing the blind, you know, healing the sick, probably teaching these people the things they needed to know and how my heart would have been a little bit pricked that maybe my impatience needed to be adjusted. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Oh, I love that. I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing all, I I can see exactly how our bad attitudes sometimes can interfere with the good things that God is doing right in front of us. And maybe I wonder, like, as you were saying all that, I was imagining myself perhaps there being like, okay, seriously, here comes another person. He's going to heal and another person. And these are people's lives that were radically changed Mm -hmm. because they were touched by Jesus in some way. And I would hope that my heart would soften quickly (laughs) and that I wouldn't just be like, Oh, can we just have a moment of peace and rest? Can I just sit down and take a nap or whatever it is that selfishly my, I wanted. Um, Mm -hmm. So I love that you bring that up because I, I was right there with you as you were talking about it. No, and then I thought, so then I, after, you know, cause I'm the same way I, I have so many moments where I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. And then I go and immediately I'm like, okay, you know, my heart changes, um, you know, but, but then I thought, okay, so then here's Jesus looking at all of these people, looking at the disciples saying, okay, let's feed them. And that moment, even though as the disciple, I would have just experienced this just recently where an even greater miracle with more people had taken place. I'm still looking at Jesus going, how do you expect me to fulfill these needs? And that resonated with me because I do feel like that often, you know, mm. you almost feel like, do, is what I have enough to meet the, the great needs of people? We look at people in our lives who experience all kinds of situations and circumstances and these things where they just need a little bit of hope or they just need something. And sometimes I wonder, is the little I have enough to That's meet good. their needs, you yeah. know, the disciples sitting there probably going, Jesus, how do you expect me to do this? Forgetting that he has already performed this miracle, that he knows exactly what he's going to do. Because I know the passage where he's feeding the 5,000, I'm always struck by where it said, but Jesus knew what he was going to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I thought me and those disciples in there sitting there going, how, what are you looking at me for? How am right. I? going to do this. I have this little bitty amount. That's not even enough to feed our team. And here you're asking me, how are we going to feed these people? You know? Yeah. So that was, yeah, like- I love, I, I, I 
have often wondered how can they be so dull in this moment? Because his disciples say, well, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? I read this a little bit sassy on their part, but you know, I'm thinking, yeah, didn't you guys just see him do this exact thing? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's just confounding to me, but also comforting because I feel like this is a pattern in my life. I've seen Jesus provide, I've seen something miraculous happen in my life. And then I'm confronted with another obstacle. And immediately I go to, well, how are we going to overcome this? (laughs) And so while I want to roll my eyes at them, I'm like, Oh boy, take, take a quick look at your own heart there, Jody. (laughs) And it has to make you feel a little bit better because these are people who walked and talked with Jesus daily in a physical way. Right. And so it always makes me feel a little better in those moments where, like you said, that is exactly the way that I look at things. I'm like, I know we, we I know what to do. I know what the word, you know, but then when the moments happen, your first thought is to immediately sometimes be like, oh, but what, you know, and, but it makes me feel a little bit better about that part of myself because I go, these are people who walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, watched Jesus perform these impossible miracles after impossible miracle, after impossible miracle. And they still had those moments. So, you know, I'm, and Jesus was okay with it. That's the thing that I thought too, like Jesus didn't condemn them and say, well, what's wrong with you? Are you just like, don't you remember? I just did this. What's the matter? How could you forget so quickly? Oh, ye of little faith. He didn't say any of that. He just said, here, bring me what you have, you know? Mm. And and I love that so much about Jesus, because I feel like even in my own life, and perhaps you do too, that there's so many times in those moments that I have where I, I forget my faith for a moment where Jesus doesn't condemn me for that. He doesn't try to make me feel, he just says, Hey, come here. Let me just help you for a minute. You know, let me just show you again. Let me remind you of what I did before. And let me show you that I have it all under control. You know, so good. So exceedingly patient and gracious and loving. And he knows that we are very weak and he knows that we are forgetful and he knows all those things about us. And yes, I love the picture that you are helping us. Um, create and remember about who Jesus is. So thank you for saying that. Okay. So tell me a little bit more. So you're imagining that you're the disciples, you're kind of seeing and experiencing this through their eyes. So where do you go then when you get to have this conversation with Jesus, what do you guys talk about? Well, I mean, for me, I, I go to Jesus and I say, okay, Jesus, help me out here. Why am I surprised? You're Jesus. Mm. You always know what you're going to do. Help me with my faith. I go to Jesus and say, you know, I I, I want to learn from you and I want to grow from you and from observing your behavior and observing the pattern of what you do. Help me be more patient. How do I become more patient with people? How do I become more compassionate? You know, how do I become more in tune with you? Because I think it's interesting to me that there are moments with, with Jesus where, you know, he taught the people that was what they needed in those moments. There was moments when he healed the people because that's what they needed in those moments. And then this is another moment where he says, now they have a physical need that needs to be met you know, and when he was healing people, he wasn't feeding them. When he was teaching, he wasn't healing. You know, he was, he had those specific moments. So I would, I would go to Jesus and go, wow, Jesus, you've just blown my mind again. Um, I'm just going to, you know, just sit here and just teach me and help me become more like you, you know, yeah. and help me learn how one to 
to be able to meet needs of people as effectively as you do. And then to help me to grow in my faith, help me to grow in my trust of you, not necessarily my faith, because I always believe you can do it, but sometimes I don't trust that you're going to do it for me, you know? Mm So help me trust you a little more, help me grow, you know, and, and I love like the reading the gospels is one of my favorite things because you just fall in love with Jesus. I think every story you read about him, you fall in love with him a little more because you see these sides of him that are so beautiful that it just brings a smile to my face. You know, you just, you just got to love him so much and, and, you know, that would be my conversation with them. Hey, okay. Help me to become a little bit more like you help Mm -hmm. me become a little bit, you know, I I've seen what you do. I know what you do. Help me not to forget what I already know. Mm. Did you sense that the Lord wanted to speak something back to you or encourage you in some way as you were saying these things to him? Mm-hmm. I think he said, you know what? I already know that where you're going to mess up before you do. Don't you think I already know that you were going to have questions don't you think I already know when I called you for the role that I've put you in? Don't you think I already know you were going to feel inadequate at times? Mm -hmm. And don't you think that just as I fed those people, just as I said, here's a little bit, don't you think that when you gave me the little of what you have, I'm going to increase it to be exactly what you need in every situation. And you know what? I love you. You're screwed Mm -hmm. up sometimes. That's okay. I love you just as you are. And you don't have to be, or you, you know, you don't have to have all the answers. You just have to trust me. You know, that was what I felt him saying to me. Oh, I love that. That's Those are just beautiful words that I think we all need to hear about God just speaking over us the truth of, yes, I, I see where you're going before you go there. I mean, that's, That's what the Psalms tell us. He knows the words before they are formed onto our lips. He knows when we sit and when we stand, he knows where we're going before we go and loves us anyway, and calls us anyway, and uses us, his, his broken, imperfect people to carry forward his plans. Um, Yeah. I love, I love all of that. Well, you know, you think about this, like even with the disciples, he called them knowing that they were going to have questions. He called them knowing that they were going to, you know, stumble in their faith, if you will. Because to me, this is a story just as much about provision. It's as much as about, you know, these people having this moment where they're not necessarily trusting. He knew that and he still said, hey, come and follow me. He still calls each of us. And sometimes I think, you know, regardless of what you do, like I said, I pastor, but other people, you know, maybe you're a mom, maybe people who are watching this, maybe you're a business person or, or a, a, you know, a wife or a mother or any of those things, you know, but God knew before he called you to be that he knew where you were going to have moments of weakness and he knew where you were going to stumble. And he knew, you know, he still called those disciples. He didn't say, well, I know that up on that mountainside, you're going to kind of question and you're not going to be able to wrap your head around how we're going to, he just said, Hey, come follow me anyway. You know, you know, and I love that because Mm -hmm. I'm definitely a very flawed individual, you know, and I have those moments and it's, and, and I love the fact that, that Jesus always just gently reminds me, whether it's through a passage or whether it's through someone speaking something to me, or whether it's just through his voice, that, Hey, I already knew that you were going to do this from the beginning. And I still called you to be who I called you to be, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. encouraging. Yeah, it is deeply encouraging. You know, Liz, one of the things that you told me when we were getting on the phone is this is the first time you've actually done this kind of scripture meditation where you've really imagined and let the scene kind of unfold and then kind of moved into the passage in this way. So I'm curious as 
someone who has experienced now imaginative prayer for the first time, was there anything that surprised you about it or, um, or perhaps that you just really loved about the process or even that you maybe resisted in the process? You know, um, yes, actually I didn't resist any of it, but for me, I kind of went into it with the preconceived thought of what I thought about the story. Because of course, this is a story I'm very familiar with, have heard my whole life, um, you know, and I went into this, like getting ready to do it. Just, you know, I had my own things of, okay, I, I, I kind of feel like this is what God's going to speak to me, you know, through it. Um, but in just saying, okay, I'm just going to like, I'm going to embrace this fully. I'm going to do this step by step and go through this with the steps that you gave me, which were awesome, by the way. <laughs> Thank you for that. Because I would welcome. have not known, what to do. you know, but like just in doing that. It was amazing that realistically what I got out of it was something totally different than what I thought was going to be my response from it. And just, you know, I'm an imaginative person anyway, like I said. So a lot of times when I read things, I do, I see them in my head, but I've never stopped to sit down and go, okay, now I'm going to read it again and place myself there, you know? And I thought that was really powerful to be able to do that. And just, you know, and, and like I said, I went in with one idea of what I've, what I've, what I've previously, I don't want to say always, but when I've taken away the majority of the time was something totally different than what God spoke to me when I was just open to do this in a different way. You know, yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why this is such a great compliment to the study of God's word. Because I think when we study God's word, which is very necessary, I, I mean, I think we should understand the context and and we should always strive to make sure that we're being very careful with God's word and understanding the you know what it meant to the original audience, so we can understand what it means to us. But I think once we've done that and we get into these really familiar passages, it's easy to do exactly what you're just saying. We default back to, okay, I know what the next word is that's coming. I know where this passage goes. I remember what the Lord has taught me about it before. And we just kind of keep going back to that. And yet the spirit who lives in us and the spirit who says the word of God is living and active actually wants it to become alive for us again. And that's where... I love this process because it makes us slow down and open ourselves. And I, and I'm so grateful that you even said that you had a preconceived idea of where you wanted to go, because so often I enter into these experiences thinking, okay, I know what I want to talk to you about Lord. And I think this is where we're going. And if I'll slow down and say, okay, I recognize that I'm trying to impose my will and desire on this passage, but spirit, I want you to teach me he almost always takes me somewhere totally different and it's so much more meaningful <laughs> because it's him that's leading and guiding instead of me that's leading and guiding. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Welcome. Well, then I think every time then, then when you have that experience, you're like, man, God, why did I just let you do this from the beginning? You know, right? it's like those disciples. I know every single time I just like let go of where I thought you always make it so much better. I should have just let you do it from the beginning. <laughs> Right. That's so true. So true. You know, another thing um, that I started thinking about with this passage is I, I know that you have been working on a Bible study project mm -hmm. and I love the title of it. It's called over it, mm -hmm. uh, which, and the subtitle is overcoming when you feel overwhelmed, overworked and underappreciated. Mm -hmm. Can I get an amen from all of us? <laughs> but I, I was thinking, you know, you even started with the disciples feeling a little bit that way. And, and I know that I think I would feel that way as I enter into the passage, knowing the trajectory that the disciples have been on. And they're just, you know, it's teaching and leading and traveling from city to city and 
watching Jesus perform miracles and being invited into that and, and being a part of that. Um, and I, I wonder if you could just tell us, you know, from your studies, what are some things, um, tips or even encouragement that you could give us when we're perhaps feeling in that place of feeling overwhelmed and overworked and underappreciated, which the disciples potentially could have felt potentially. Yes. And if they did, and if they let that consume them, they would have missed the beauty and the miracle and what God really had for them in it. So give us some encouragement around yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, that study came out of, of a time when I was just fell over it, you know, and I threw up my hands and I said, God, I'm over it. And I said, something has to change. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me that day. And he said, you're right. Something does have to change, which I always say is amazing. When the Holy Spirit agrees with you, that's awesome. Except then he said, but the thing that needs to change is you. <laughs> you know? And I had to, you know, put my little curl up my toes for a minute because, you know, what God really showed me um, through that process was, um, you know, that, that he, he spoke to me and said, you know, I didn't create you to be over it. I didn't create you to be overwhelmed. I didn't create you to be overworked. I didn't create you to be under all of those things that you're feeling. I created you to be an overcomer. And there's capacity if you'll do these things, you know, in my study, I talk about, you know, some things to um, refuse, some things to um, remember, some things to resist and some things to reset in your life to really come to this place where you recognize that I'm actually an overcomer. I may be feeling over it in this moment, but here's what I need to do to come out of being over it, to overcome in the situation, you know, so I think that was, that's probably like the number one thing that you get from, from the study is that, you know what, God really made me to be an overcomer and I might not feel like I am right now, but let me just reset my vision for a minute. Let me reset Mm. my focus. Let me refuse the wrong thoughts and the wrong words. And let me refuse these wrong mindsets that I've come into, you know, let me remember that I'm called by God. And I'm, you know, these different things that, that realistically, sometimes when you're in those moments, you don't want to stop and do the work sometimes, because sometimes it's kind of like you find comfort in wallowing in your feelings of being over it a little bit. Absolutely. Yes. And it's a lot easier to just sit in it for a minute. Um, But, you know, ultimately we have to pull up, you know, our bootstraps and say, Hey, God called me to be an overcomer. He didn't call me to be stuck in this place, you know? Mm. And, and ultimately when, when you go through the process of, you know, remembering who you are and who he called you to be, when you go through, okay, I'm going to refuse these things that are not of him that don't line up with him. And when I reset some things in my life and reset where I'm, what I'm seeing and reset my focus, you know, when I reset all those things, I come out feeling, okay, yeah, I got this. I am an Mm. overcomer, you know, And and it enables you to look at the things. Sometimes the situations in your life don't change, but you change in the midst of your situations. And, you know, I always think of Paul, the apostle Paul, you know, when Jesus, you know, when he said, um, you know, take this away from me, remember when it said, you know, in that mm-hmm. scripture where it said, he said, mm-hmm. take this away. And God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Right. And, you know, it's made perfect in your weakness. So just understanding that, yeah, we might have a moment of being over it and that's okay. But the over it moments are the opportunities for us to really recognize the overcomer that God created us to be. Mm, yeah, it's it's coming to the end of ourselves. And when we get there, that's when Jesus can actually really shine in our lives and and lead us forward. Well, I can't wait. When is when does when does your Bible study come out? Um I'm I'm I should have it finished um by the end of the summer is my goal to have it. I'm hoping to have it out this year, but I don't I don't have an exact date yet, but I'm hopeful that it will be um out this either at the end of this year or early next year. Well, I 
I encourage you to keep chipping away at it because I think that's a message that many of us need to hear and embrace and um, have the biblical tools to help us kind of reset Mm -hmm. um, ourselves back to Jesus. So, yeah. Well, um, Liz, tell us where, where can we find you? And, um, and when the Bible study comes out, where can we find that? Well, um, right now you can follow me on social media. Um, my Instagram name is Liz underscore Sarno. And then I'm on Facebook as Liz Sarno. I um, don't currently have a website, but I am working on that. So um, I will eventually have LizSarno.com. You can keep checking back. I think that's connected to a very old blog that I used to write many years ago. Um, but um, but that'll be updated very soon. My team is working on that now. So that's how you can connect with me. Um, you know, our church is relevantfl.org, which is great. Um, you know, so you can hop on there. You can send me an email or send me a message. I'm, I'm good about responding to my messages on social media. So I'd love to connect with anyone that would like to. Well, that's awesome. Well, I will put all of that in our show notes. So it's easy to find you and, if we follow you, I'm sure you will send us updates on when your Bible study is ready. So, absolutely. well, thank you so much for taking some space to be with us, for uh, trying something new in your walk and study with the Lord and sharing that experience with us. And so thanks for being with us today, Liz. Thanks for having me again. It was just a great honor. And I just loved, I loved this whole experience and I'm really grateful um, that, that this is the way we did this passage. It was really awesome for me and really opened up some things. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, Hey friends, I just want to invite you to uh, do me a favor. And if you're enjoying this podcast, would you just take a moment to subscribe to it? Um, Would you share it with a friend and would you leave a review? I can't tell you actually how important that is in helping the podcast um, get into the hands of more people so that they can have these scripture meditation experiences and really explore God's word in this place. So thanks for doing that. I also just want to thank you again for joining me on so much more because we do believe that Jesus has so much more to say to us. And this is just one more way that we are creating space to listen. It's a crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.